Hello and welcome to another episode of How Are You Holding Up? A mental health podcast by the depressed for the depressed. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Ren. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is the first time we've had Ren on, actually. And I would like to know, how are you holding up? I'm doing pretty good today, actually. I got a lot done. I feel very productive. And it's rare that I feel this productive. <laughs> oh, well, good for you. I, uh, I think that feeling of... Um, Getting stuff done can be so paramount to feeling good because there's so many times in my life where I don't feel like I'm productive at all. No, <laughs> I'm just stewing. Exactly. <laughs> thinking of all the things you can do, but then you just don't. Yeah, then you just, you know, watch Netflix. So how are you holding up today? I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm dealing with some personal things that I just don't want to discuss. Fair. <laughs> but a lot of anxiety. Um, sometimes... I have found that I used to be a person who would go to a lot of people for their opinions on what I was doing, and then it ended up being worse for me. Mm -hmm. And so now I've really simmered it down to only a couple people who I talk to about personal stuff, as you know. The trusted few. The trusted few. The trusted friends. Um, so I'm trying just to kind of work through some of my own personal stuff. But anyway, introductions. Ren, tell the... Well, first and foremost, I am your best friend. This is my best friend. Everybody. Of about, what, eight, nine years now? Yeah, we met in college, early, early, early college. Early college in Northern California. I saw her across the room and I said, that's the one. <laughs> she picked me out of a crowd. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, that's how it was made. That's how it happened. Um, I am a writer and actress, but mm -hmm. I feel like most importantly, I am a friend. I am a friend. <laughs> um, and I think one of the things we bonded over the most was uh, how weird we are. Um, oh, yeah. Our introversion. I've never felt like I could be myself as much as I can be when I'm with you. Like, I'm weird. I'm eccentric. I'm introverted. I'm socially awkward. I have anxiety up the wazoo. And you understand it all. <laughs> and I just feel okay to be myself and just be silly and weird and disgusting. Yes. And disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, and for me, one of the big things was also we bonded over our similar baggage upbringing, childhood, traumas, traumas <laughs> depressions. <laughs> so today, guys, we're talking about friendships and just how incredibly important they are to have, um, especially... Especially female friendships. Especially female friendships. And I think there's just this misconception of... I don't know, I see so many women who, who get married and have kids, and it's hard. I know it's hard to keep up your friendship and the sisterhood, but you need to. It's not stressed enough in our society. I think when I was growing up, I didn't like a lot of the girls around me for whatever Same. reason, and I would identify myself as the girl who hung out with guys. Yes, tomboy. Yeah, and just like, quote-unquote, the cool one, mm -hmm. one of the guys. And as I got older, I realized that... Honestly, I feel the safest in a girl's friends group where I'm not trying to be something else. I was, I mean, I was a garbage friend. I'm going to be honest. I, <laughs> yeah, no, they, my female friendships were there until I had a boyfriend. Yeah. And then they were gone because then I would hyper-focus all of my attention on the guy. And I was just selfish. I wasn't really taught how to be a good friend, especially to women. And I think... 
I look back on it and I, I regret certain things with that. You know, they say yeah. no regrets. I think it's okay to have some regrets. Multiple regrets. Multiple regrets here. I felt like when I was a kid, I was the outcast among females. Like, I was judged for some reason. But with guys, I didn't feel jealousies or preconceived notions of what I could be. And so I think that's why I avoided girls. But actually, they're the bomb. Yes. The thing that I struggled with was I also had a bunch of guy friends growing up, and then it came out that they all wanted to date me. And so then it was like, oh, you weren't here to be my friend. You were here to wait till I was single. Yeah. And that was was heartbreaking. That makes me feel great about myself, or... You know, like, they descend like a pack of wolves the moment you're single. It's shocking. Shocking. You're like, oh, they're just trying to help me through this hard time. No, no. Lies. Lies. Deceit. So, uh, today we wanted to talk about something that we have discovered and are so thankful for is depression while having a really strong friendship. And Ren and I... We were good friends. We, we got along really well for yeah. a few years. And then I moved back down to SoCal and we didn't see each other for a while, years. And then you moved back down and we started yeah. slowly rebuilding our friendship. And there were some ups and downs. And learning about each other Learning too. about each other. And yeah. I feel like in the early parts of our friendship, we were still very much consumed by our male relationships, like our yes. boyfriends. And so... I know when I first met her, I also met the boyfriend that I was to be with for two years, yes. and I left her, and then she moved, and we didn't really talk, and it was a discovery of each other again when I moved to LA, and we were like, we've been missing out on each other. Yeah, there's this feeling when we hang out together of just like, man, you can just say anything, and... and it just goes over great. <laughs> and the same senses of humor, I think, is really important to us. And, and she's comfortable. And comfortable. And this has helped so much for me because um, when I'm depressed, when I'm going through a weird phase, I don't see it happening. I start to pull away. Um, my room gets really, really super duper messy. I'm a mess. <laughs> I'm um, And I'm just not connecting with people. And I'm not going to work at reaching out to people. Like, the last thing you want to do when you feel like garbaggio is work to make, to, to feel wanted by friends. Yeah. Like, Hey, you want to hang out? You just feel like such, I feel, I feel like such a loser trying to do that I when do I'm too. depressed. And I'm very much the person that disappears. Yeah. And I know that in the past that that has hurt you a lot because you didn't understand why I, I literally wouldn't reach out, why yeah. it was hard to talk to me. And it's something that I really have to work through, not only with with Lindsay, but just in general, the disappearing thing. It's, I understand why I'm doing it, but I don't understand that I'm doing it in the moment. And so in that way, we're very similar. Yes, I think we're good at being mirrors for each other. So what are some things that I've done that you, how do you know that I'm going to become depressed or what are the signs? Uh, I think you touched upon a few of them, but I just, I notice, I mean, it's stupid to say, I just know, but I've gotten to a point where even the way that you talk or inflect certain words makes me know that you're having a bad day or you're stressed. Like I can look at you and there's this one thing you do where you, where you put your hair up in a ponytail, like really anxiously. And then you let it fall down and I can watch you do that five times. I'm like, honey, what's going on? (laughs) 
And it, it could just be even through text, um, if we're texting and one day I start getting like one word responses and I'm like, she's having a bad day or she, like something isn't right, you know, yeah. because I'm pretty flamboyant with Loren, with Ren. <laughs> I send a lot of ridiculous messages. Yeah. Like memes and gifts and stuff. And I know that when it starts becoming less, it's, there's something going on internally. Yeah. How about me? Yeah, I think for you, it's, um, I just don't hear from you. And it's kind of sudden. I don't think there's a whole lot of lead up. I know now when you're going to go through them in terms of when you have your cyclical thing. So if you, let's say, visit home, I think for a lot of people who have depression, if you do a big thing that takes a lot of energy, like visiting family or going on a trip, when you come back, you go through a depression and oh, yeah. you, you're somebody who goes through that. So Every I just, I used to be really hurt because Ren would go visit family and be very there. So I wouldn't hear a ton from her. And then she'd come back and I was like, I couldn't wait till she got back. I was so excited. And then I wouldn't hear anything and my feelings would be hurt. And then I would get mad and I was like, well, I'm not going to be the one to reach out. She's the one who's going to disappear. Yeah. Not knowing and not understanding that you were really depressed. And it's like... I think my body doesn't handle change well because I usually travel for the amount of time where it takes my body to reacclimate. Mm -hmm. And so it's like I reacclimate when I'm there and then I have to reacclimate when I'm back. And I have a very hard time getting back on the train of life, if that makes sense. It makes like sense. I'm a creature of habit. And if I don't do something every day, I will stop and never do it again. So just living my life when I get back from a trip is like jumping on a train that's like going 50 miles an yeah, hour. Yeah, that's interesting. It's stressful. It's interesting how, and you know, now I'm thinking about it, because you do have to stop and think about it. I know, I know you so well, but the way you speak, you just, you don't sound as enthused. When, how we're talking right now, and we're kind of having this, you know, back and forth. If I get on the phone with you and you're depressed, oh yeah. Yeah, I've just, you know, I've just been, you know, playing and yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, how are you? And half-hearted, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I hate not being productive. And so when I'm in depression and I'm not doing anything and I'm already so upset that I'm not achieving something, it's like, oh yeah, what have I done? I just want to play video games. <laughs> That's not exciting. There's um, so many achievements in the game. There's so many achievements in the game. That's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> Um, so we do have very different depressions and that was something I didn't know even before making this podcast with Chris. I didn't realize that depression can take on such different forms with different people. And so getting to know you and then also getting to know you in your depression, it's like two different people. Yeah. And having to be, I think, practicing being very loving and practicing being really warm because it's easy to be loving and warm with somebody who's like giving that back to you but yeah. when somebody disappears when, void. when there's just a void there <laughs> because also what I don't want to do is become an enabler yeah of it's like well let's pick you up off the ground really yeah and I'm not like I'm not your therapist I'm not your yeah. doctor but I also don't want to be like you know what I mean mm -hmm. I don't want to like help um like oh you just stay in that void as long as you need to you know you just play those video games as long as you have to it's like no no you should really you not <laughs> how about if you come out of the house with me today yeah. you know yeah. like I will come and pick you up and we will go out yes you know and get you out of the funk and sometimes that's really all I need is just a break 
from the depression train back to my life train. Yeah. And for the longest time, I didn't even know that I was depressed or I had depression because it's not a feeling of sadness per se. It's a feeling of never being able to really achieve things because I'm not motivated enough and I'm not motivated enough because I never have achieved, or so my brain tells me, I've never achieved anything and why even try now because I just give up halfway through. And so it's this vicious cycle of demotivation and it's, it's more anger at myself than being sad. Yeah, I deal with a lot of guilt and disgust. Or it's like, this is what I've done in my life? Cool. Yeah. Just disappointed. Yeah. Just like a sort of lackluster disappointment with yourself. While I continue to play my video games when I could be doing anything else. Literally anything. (laughs) Something that uh, we both struggle with, uh, with introversion, is social anxiety. Yeah. I, when I was younger, I would have a hard time even meeting people. And now I enjoy meeting new people, But I have this weird lizard brain reaction where I'm constantly worried about how I'm portraying myself. Not even so much about what people think of me, but that I'm making the best and most positive first impression or second impression and that people enjoy me. And I'm so in my own head about the anxiety of being the best I can that it makes me not want to meet new people even though I enjoy it. That's so rough. <laughs> it's and exhausting. It's exhausting. <laughs> I think that's like a perfect word that can describe all of my anxiety. It's just exhausting. exhausting. Simply too much, darling. And I think people would be surprised to know that you're introverted and you have social anxiety to an extent because when people meet you, you come off so charismatic. God, I just don't see that in myself. <laughs> like ask anybody like, yeah, Lindsay's an extrovert. Yeah, I grew up thinking I was an extrovert. Um, because I was like the theater kid and I wanted, you know, to perform and love me. Um, and then (laughs) as I I got older, I realized I spend so much time alone and I would go to these parties and I would just find, I felt so out of place because I would go any, like the bathroom to look at my phone or go to my car. Sometimes I just leave the party and go to my car and sit in the car for a while. And I started noticing also how hard it is for me to go places uh, alone like the grocery store? The, the grocery, store. grocery store. So Ren and I really do favors for each other with... There are some things that I don't know if I'll ever get over. And I can work towards them, but I'm never going to be perfect. And one of the things that she and I help each other with is driving to new places. So oh. we try to go to new places together. So if we um, work together, uh, we drive down yeah. together with carpool. carpool. Yeah. Um, if I need to go grocery shopping, sometimes Loren will message me and say, hey, I'm going to the store. Do you want to come with? Yeah. And it's so helpful because I just won't go to the grocery store. I will just not. I will starve for three days yeah. and eat like old beans yeah. before I go to the grocery store. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Parking at a new place Forget or about downtown it. LA. I get so sweaty. I show up so early to places because I'm like, well, I don't know the parking situation, mm-hmm. and I don't know about the traffic, and mm-hmm. well, traffic can just arrive any time in LA. You and, just never know. And then for me, and Ren also does this. I think you do this a lot. Is uh, once we get to the place, we need some downtime in the car before oh, we yeah. even get in because yeah. it was so stressful just to get there. The, the other day, I had to go to this karaoke event, which just the word karaoke makes me break out in hives. But so I was going there, and I I left an hour early. 
and I got there half an hour early and I found parking almost immediately, which never happens. No. And people were already there. But instead of going in, I just sat in my car <laughs> with myself just to come down from the anxiety of parking somewhere new. And I was just on my phone for like 15 minutes. Yeah. Everyone was already there, but I was early, so it was acceptable. Yeah. And I was like, I need a second. Yeah. Because it was too much. <laughs> This is us. <laughs> this is a, so this moves us to the healthy communication. Oh. Um, <laughs> I hate talking about my feelings. I hate saying when I'm upset. I hate saying when I'm sad. I hate confronting somebody, even positively, about something that's hurt me. It just... I never want to speak about any of it, but it eats me up inside that I have to say something, and then it comes out aggressively mm. because I've been thinking about it so fanatically. And I think one of the things that you have taught me the most is you can talk to somebody and it's going to be okay. Yeah. I think it's hard with certain past experiences that teach you that when you confront them, they're gonna. It's gonna be painful, and it's gonna be scary, and you have to gird your loins they're because lash out. Yeah, I've I've been some toxic relationships and had some toxic family members that I tried to bring my feelings about something to them, and it was just so horrible, and I was so shut down, mm -hmm. you know, and then emotionally tortured about it. Yeah. So going through the steps of like healing, and then seeing that in you. And being able to, like, cathartically talk to you about it. Because it's so nice to meet somebody who has a similar experience. experience. Yeah. You know? And it, it's helpful for me because it makes me feel less crazy. Oh, for sure. You know? <laughs> and then and it helps me learn about how I can help myself when I hear your point of view. Yeah. You know? Because you have a whole different outlook on things. Yeah. And I think it's also helpful as we had such a similar experience growing up and yet we can still speak different languages to each other. Mm -hmm. And so learning how to trust that the person you care about means well, first and foremost, and then asking questions. So you may be here, like they may tell you something that's plain English to them and to you it's a different connotation. And so asking questions and learning their language and just trusting that they're a good person is so scary and it shouldn't be hard, but it's a hurdle. I, trust was a, is a huge hurdle for me. I struggle with that immensely. And it's weird to feel say to myself, you have trust issues because I never thought I would because I was yeah. so trusting with the wrong people. Yeah. I just gave so much to the wrong people and now it's the opposite where I don't give... Uh, and I should be giving to certain people or trusting certain people yeah. and I just can't. It, it and even with you though, I feel like we still struggle with trust sometimes mm -hmm. when it comes to, we're lucky that we, we know that we're safe with each other, but we can discuss something and I will feel like you did something in spite to, to hurt me mm -hmm. or, or, you know, vice versa. I think we've discussed it, but yeah. the big thing is communication, healthy communication We've learned to, even when we're upset and angry and, like, kind of shutting down, still talk to each other calmly or just say, hey, I need to walk away yeah. for a minute. And it will be okay. And you can have your time. And you can take the time that you need. And sometimes that is what you need, is just to sit with your own thoughts and say, why am I feeling this way? Is the extent that I'm feeling this because it's in the moment and I'm reacting? Mm -hmm. And should I step away and really logically think, this person loves me. This yeah. person cares about me. There's a reason that's valid to them yeah. why this is happening. 
And I think for me, I have an anger problem. And so being able to stop in the moment and say, I'm not going to do this conversation justice. I need to step away. Yeah. I do want to continue this later. Yeah. Has been something that I didn't think I was going to have to practice in our friendship, but it ended up coming out. Yeah. And I'm terrified of anger. And so like in the very, very beginning, there were times where I was like, is me bringing this up going to cause you to be angry? And it's like, there's a way to say everything and there's, yeah, there's a right way and a wrong way. And just learning what works with different people. Everyone has their quirks. Everyone has their traumas. Everyone has their triggers and just trusting and loving the entire way. Yeah. That's the big thing is loving. I think that's something that I've always felt like no matter what we love each other. Yeah. And that's not something that you can, I don't know. I love it. I just think everyone has ulterior motives, and I never I know, right? like that with like, you anymore. Why do you love me? <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the, yeah, one of the things uh, that we've evolved in and gotten better at is dating while maintaining our female friendships and then maintaining our friendship. We are both people who are drawn to having very intense romantic relationships and naturally drop everything else. Oh, I was trash at maintaining female <laughs> Trash. There was a point where we were going through, like, your room, you were moving oh, to a different God. house, and you pull out one of your journals, and I'm like, I'm like, read it to me. And you're like, I wish Lorraine would talk to me more, because she's disappeared with her boyfriend. Like, this is the saddest shit. I'm just so horrified. I know. And he's like, oh, no. Oh, no. And you're like, can I tell her this? I'm like, yeah, you can tell her. And then I was like, yeah, it was trash. <laughs> But I think, so how we practice that is, um, also because we can't see it sometimes when you're in it, you can't see when you're going down your old patterns. No. Sometimes you need someone to call you out and you need to be in a place where you can take that criticism. So I will sometimes ask Ren, hey, am I walking the right path? Like, do you still feel loved? Are you still feeling hurt? Are you still feel like I'm reaching out to you because I'm trying to learn how to balance this? And there were times where, yeah, yeah, you know, you just called me out and that was great. (laughs) Friendship. Well, it's like no one's ever going to be right all the time. No one's going to be perfect. And just being able to hear criticism and really integrate it and think about it and either, you know, take it or throw it away, whatever you choose is valid to you. But just knowing that you can listen and you can change and you can grow and it's not someone that's trying to chisel you down to their expectation of what you can be but it's like it's a lifting up yeah and we call each other out which is important which is important i think some people are afraid they're like oh well we're friends so i can only be nice and pleasant to them all the time like real friendship is correcting your friend and that's loyalty too listen if you have just friends who are constantly like supporting everything you do yeah have that next shot yeah like go do that really horrible thing for yourself i don't think that's real friendship it's lazy yeah stay with that guy who you know yeah none of my business oh he's cheating on her i'm not gonna tell my friend like yeah that whole thing it's like i think we're growing up with this notion of well i am who i am and i don't need to change for anybody and that's just not the case, you know? I think the reality is we're all imperfect. We're all kind of shitty. We're all horrible, really. We're all horrific creatures. Humankind at its core. It's awful. We're it's monsters. Awful. And so having somebody be able to be like, hey, this thing that you do is uh, uh, not cool. Not cool. So fix it. Is important. Yeah. It's I super agree. important. And it's been hard for me to hear sometimes and embarrassing because I feel so justified in my feelings. And then you'll hear someone explain something out and you're just like, oh, wait. 
I'm still mad, but I know I'm wrong. And that but makes I'm me more mad. The worst. <laughs> and uh, for uh, so for you, I think one of the hardest things for me um, was watching you go through a really toxic relationship and then the worst breakup. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where I had been in it for a long time and I couldn't see myself outside of the relationship. And even though I knew from basically the beginning that it was the wrong relationship and it was basically a rebound that should have never happened. Yeah. But I lost myself in it. I thought I was sticking up for myself when we fought, which was almost daily, but it was just making it a worse environment. And... I couldn't break myself from it. And Lindsay tried. She, like, gave me a safe space when we fought to, like, come and stay with her. And in the end, I wasn't even the one to end it. And so as hurtful as it was for me to be in that, I can only imagine you being completely helpless, trying to protect me. You seeing these things that I couldn't see that because I was in it, I was too close. And giving me good advice and then me not taking it and cycling through the same mistakes. And getting back together. Uh, yeah, and secretly. We didn't well, even... You, you got back together because you broke up with him. Yeah, I broke up with him, and then I thought it was better, and it wasn't. And then he broke up with me. It was terrible. Like, I went through a deep depression and anorexia that I didn't realize was anorexia at the time. I just was so depressed I couldn't eat. Yeah. And that caused a slew of problems. And then I secretly started seeing him again. We never got back together. And he was just worse to me than he had ever been. Yeah. And then, like, I could go into it. But the main thing is that you were there for me the entire time, even when I knew I shouldn't have gotten back together with him, and I finally told you about it, like... You accepted me, and you wanted me to be okay. You chastised me a little bit, but not to a point where, you know... Well, you're already down. I'm already down. I think the thing that I learned from that, we both did, was taking, really hearing and taking the advice of somebody who's that close to you. I have a bad habit of asking for advice and not taking it. Yeah. And it usually being, although it's difficult, the right advice and would have spared so much pain. And I, I learned through that, too, is... In the past, I didn't want to tell people what I really thought of their relationship because what if they get back together and then they both resent me for it, you know? Yes. But I think being real and truthful and just letting that truth stand with the knowledge that you're just trying to help your friend is the best thing that you can do for them because if you're dating a guy who is trash, I'm going to tell you he's trash. Yeah. Uh, We've gone through a lot of healing, a long healing process. There's been... um, Hard, you know, difficult childhoods on both ends in certain ways, different ways, and um, difficult relationships thereafter, and trying to grow together while healing has been hard. And for me, what's hard is boundaries, because I'm often codependent, and what that looks like for me is trying to manipulate the other person's emotions to be happy with me, mm-hmm. and, you know, and so... Or, accelerate or you, it. Accelerate, yeah. And with friendships, like, just, you know, latching on and mm-hmm. hanging out all the time and not having clear boundaries. And so one of the things I had to practice with that breakup with you was saying, I love you so much, 
and I still want you to be healthy, but if you get back with this person, I don't know if I can be this close of a friend with you. Because you don't want to put yourself through that again. It was just, it was just enormously scary. Yeah. And I couldn't do anything. And so I think that was something that I learned and also learning that this friendship for me is more important than any relationship that's new. Yeah. You know, romantic relationships. I think so. Because we're always going to be there. We've, we have yeah. a strong bedrock. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you guys have, you know, friends that um, are going through tough relationships, it's good to have boundaries, communicate your love for them. And if you can, I mean, help them out. But if they can't get out, you know, you've got to... you got to look out protect for yourself, yourself. as well. Yeah. Exactly. What about for you? With me, with my toxic... Because I've had toxic relationships. I think it was very much the same experience where there's one particular relationship that I see that they're just... There were events that just kept happening that seemed so negative to me. And we would talk about them and you're like, well, I, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. And we would agree, you know, after a while that, you know, if this was the only thing, it wasn't a huge thing. But they kept adding up to the point where I was like, when is enough enough? Because maybe these small instances of, you know, hurt feelings or unhappiness on their own aren't a big deal. But when they create such a mountain... It's when do I tell you, like, girl, Yeah. it's too much. And then is that overstepping my bounds? Because in the moment, it can hurt you as well because you deeply care about this person. Right. And then maybe you start having to feel like you have to defend them against me. Right. Uh, especially since I don't know the whole story. I'm not with them. I don't love them. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where it's how many, how many like, uh, I want to protect my friend right now. How many of those instances happen before I'm like, okay, yeah. here's where this is at. Yeah, I think one of the best advices you gave me while in this toxic relate or in one of my toxic relationships was put a note in your calendar for three months from now, and if you're still feeling the same anxious way, maybe it's time to end it. Yeah, like it, that was a good because it was like you were kind of not putting so much like you weren't taking it on for yourself. It was like this is a thing, and that's just and I took that advice, and then the alarm went off, and I had forgotten about it, and I looked at it and was like. Oh, no. I'm still dealing with the same crap. I'm still dealing with the same exact stuff. Because you forget. Yeah. You forget when you're in it, in the exactly. cycle. And it's it, you don't see the cycle when you're in it either. Yeah. And then I think something else that some female friends deal with, and others don't, is jealousy. Yeah. You know? And that um, can come in so many forms. In so many different forms. And um, one of them being, well, we, we work together in a super secret, you know. We can't talk about it. It's super secret. We're but we work cool. together. Uh, and um, and then also, so we're around each other a lot. So it's easy to see each other in different capacities, like mm-hmm. both personal and then professional. And Knowing then, when the other one is on and when they're off and when they're mm-hmm. the most them and then when they're trying to be something else. Like we see it all. Yeah. And so dealing with that as, and so just like, let's say we go to a bar and one person gets more attention than the other, but you're feeling kind of insecure already that day. We've gotten, it, it's good to get to a point where you can know yourself and be like, you know what, I'm feeling this kind of way, and it's not your fault. And it's not their fault. But I feel jealous, and my feelings mm-hmm. are hurt. We've literally come to each other and been like, I felt trash, and you look great today. And the other person's like, I felt trash, and you looked great today. 
and you got X and Y attention. Like, I didn't notice that because you got X and Y attention. And it's, oh, we're having the same shared experience. Yeah. And I think a lot of women don't talk about that because it's embarrassing, man. We don't want to feel that way. Like, you don't feel insignificant. You you don't want to feel jealous of your friend's attention or, and it's, but the human experience is we also have an inner child and love comes from this place of vulner, great vulnerability. And so it doesn't always make sense in an adult term. And I think that's one of the great freedoms of this friendship for me is being able to have embarrassing feelings or awkward feelings and still being able to tell you and it being okay. Yeah. And I think jealousy also goes into when you're really close with your best friend and you bring them, you finally introduce the boyfriend with the best friend Mm -hmm. and then feeling like, oh, well, we're so similar and we're both pretty girls, my boyfriend might start liking my friend. And, like, that feeling of not being able to trust your friend or uh, looking into how they speak to them or how your boyfriend speaks to them. And it could be all innocent, but at the same time, it brings up, like, well, if they like me, then why wouldn't they like them as well? Yeah. And that's hard because we are very similar. We are. In a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. And then we're completely opposite in some other ways. Oh. Those cheeky ways. Those che- <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that brings us to lifting each other up. Uh, one of my favorite moments ever in this friendship has been we were really struggling with um, how we were speaking to each other, how we were dealing with some stuff, because um, we've, we've also done like... YouTube videos together. Yeah. And um, and so sitting down and being like, you know what I need? And this is kind of, and it's so uncomfortable, but just to say, I just need more compliments from you. Oh I just need more verbal affirmation. <laughs> because both of us have a kind of humor where it's not only self-deprecating, but we really call other people out on their stuff. Yeah. And so just sitting and being like, you know what I would love for you to just, just, just give me a compliment. It's just, it's like, it's almost too horrible. Yeah. It's I don't like, want to feel I like I'm that kind of I don't yeah. want to be, I don't want to be the person that needs validation. And then we had an experimental day where all we did <laughs> was compliment was say other. wonderful things. I never felt so great I in my life. I felt so good. And I was like, I don't need no man. I don't need no man. <laughs> <laughs> I got my, my best <laughs> But yeah, and it's just, honestly, just bringing somebody up because I know I have such negative inner thoughts. And so when you say something that contradicts that, like, well, maybe I'm wrong and I am great because Lindsay thinks I am. <laughs> and I think the problem with depression is it's such a liar. Such. And and if, and if you just, you keep lying to yourself when you're depressed. You're just like, I'm the worst. Nobody wants to be around me. You know, I have a fat tummy. I'm, you know, God, I look horrible in this dress. And, you know, that's why that person didn't call me back. And no one likes me. No one likes me. And then your best friend's like, get over here. You are a beautiful, worthy, brilliant woman, and we're going out. We're going out. And you know what? Everybody likes you. Yes. Everybody does like me. Let me put on my dress. And I think that's one of the reasons why having a sisterhood especially is important. But friendship, whether you're a man or woman, or you identify as something else, having uh, strong friendships are so important because they will always be there. They will always be there. And I've been to a point with my depression where I felt suicidal and, um, and scared or just like, there's no point anymore. And being able to be on the phone and just sobbing hysterically to you and just having you remind me and having you talk me through it. I mean, it's instrumental. 
And it doesn't even have to make sense, but mm-hmm. just knowing that you can unleash whatever turmoil is going on in your head and someone's just there for you. And yeah. jobs will come and go, relationships come and go, tragedies happen, and that strong foundation of people who just care for you and take care of you in kind when you take care of them, it's it's fundamental. And I think that's the one thing that I've really built as I've gotten older is the confidence that somebody will be there for me. Unconditional love. Unconditional love. It's hard to find. Give yourself a kiss in the mirror. Unconditional love. (laughs) Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, Follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Like our Facebook page, and if you want to send us something directly, go ahead and email mailbag at howareyouholdingup.com. We love it. I love getting messages from you guys. Um, It just lifts up my spirits. I love when people lift up her spirits. (laughs) Ren, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, friend. (laughs) You're welcome, friend. All right, guys. And as always, don't don't tell tell us us to to just just get get over it. it.